Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, and welcome once again to History to Eves. I am Tim, and today's podcast is called The Man in the Attic, a story of lust and murder. Murder. Yeah, the story of Otto Stan Huber, uh, a very strange story that took place in the early 20th century in Milwaukee and in Los Angeles. Um, a lot of uh, sex and violence in this one, and I know that's We always love sex and violence. That's kind of our bailiwick. It is. But before we get started, let me introduce our panel. I'm joined by the very lovely and talented Queen Amin, the mistress of the macabre, the empress of evil, and Satan's dirty little secret, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? Hi, Timmy. I'm good. How are you? Wow, you little Miss what Sunshine. What the fuck is that? Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Jesus. Sweet Jesus, Jack. Goodness. Human being. Speaking of Jesus, let me introduce... Uh, what? No, that's not a segue. <laughs> let me introduce a man of high steam, a man who is uh, well thought of, no. uh, of course, uh, throughout the podcasting industry. Uh, he's really the, uh, the pulse of the ha- podcasting industry. Uh, the Walter Cronkite of, pod- of podcasting. He really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, he's the, the most Brian tr- Williams of podcasting. He's the most <laughs> trusted man in podcasting today. The very honorable, the reverend, oh, sir, I guess you're knighted. I forgot you were knighted. Sir Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I couldn't be better, Timmy. Couldn't be better. I just, I got to tell you, I had a uh, person send me a message uh-huh. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, they are currently a member of the Colonel's Church. Mm-hmm. And this man said to me, he said, you know, Colonel, before I found you, before I found a, before I found a path, before I found a path to righteousness, mm-hmm. Jesus. I could have been on one of your podcasts. I could have been the subject of one of your podcasts because there was evil in me, Colonel. So said, you helped him see the light. I helped. Well, and I said, well, what are you going to do about that evil? And he said, I don't know what to do about that evil. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's what you do, son. Send me 1495. Only fourteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sent us fourteen ninety five through PayPal. Mm-hmm. And you know what he is right now? What? An outstanding citizen. Fourteen ninety five. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fourteen ninety five in the hole. That's mm-hmm. what he is right now. <laughs> well, Colonel, I mean, you're you you're a uh, you're, you're almost a saint. I'm sure. Once 
you know, once you die, uh, they're going to fast track you to sainthood. I, well, I think I, you know, I don't like to. I, I'm a humble man, Timmy. You know that. Oh, I, yeah. I'm a humble man, and uh, I have a. You can check out the page. We have we have a menu of services. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you need me to pray for an illness, mm-hmm. um, if you just want my thoughts or prayers, would you pray for an illness for I, me? I, I could pray. Yeah. Will for you an pray? Illness, will please? you pray for you to get an illness? Laryngitis. <laughs> see, I scurvy. Could, I could see. I, I and you know, devil, you don't know this, but a listener anonymously, when I did my two for one. Mm-hmm. Um, Put you on the on the save chain. Oh, I think that's sweet, but mm-hmm. really unnecessary. But the problem is now. Don't forget, listener, that it expires after one month. You gotta send me another fourteen ninety five. And after this month, it's only for you know you didn't you, you didn't lock eternity. it in for a lifetime. Yeah, it's just month to month. I mean, well, what about after they they pass? Do they need to make a uh, make arrangements so that you continue to get paid, or do they kick that, get kicked well, out of heaven? And, no, we don't. You know, we ex- we expect you don't expect port post mortem payments. It, unless we would, it would not hurt to be named in your estate. Mm-hmm. I mean, many people, you know, that's how they show their appreciation. So, if and Alicia and Chip wanted to leave everything, their earthly earthly possessions to you, you're okay with that? I would invest them wisely. Uh-huh. I would take care of them. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would. Um, we are only, as we stand, about roughly $65,000 short of um, the Colonel getting $65,000 goal? Uh, <laughs> the Colonel getting his Porsche Boxster. Uh, okay. Um, so Jesus keep those donations. You you well, I was laying in bed and that's what Jesus said. I'm telling you. He came to me and said Porsche Boxster. And yeah. I was like, well, there we go. Do you have any shout outs, Colonel? Well, I got um, who I did the last show. We got Trish Hiller. Mm-hmm. Um, always, always lovely to see her show up. On the page, Cindy Lou. Cindy Lou. Uh, she, I believe, she's in California. Mm-hmm. Um, Allie, you crazy ass Australian woman. Kim, you redheaded devil. Um, Scott, and let's see who do we miss? Jennifer, your mom. Bert. Oh, that was rude. That His was mother's rude. dead. Yeah. Everybody knows. Jesus. God rest his soul. Uh, Jennifer Burdick and Sharon and Shannon Rossett, um, all all Team Colonel people. Okay. Why do you just give shout-outs to Team Colonel people? Yeah, I think that's a little biased. Right? Because you guys are what teams. it is. And no, I give shout-outs to uh, members of all other teams and those who are unaffiliated, like um, Gene, Larry, uh, Michael, Sydney, Bert. Kristen, Kirsty, Tara, Nicola, Tara, uh, M, Bree, Erica, Ryan, Celine, Tiffany, Deanna, Lydia, Jim Martin, and uh, Elise. Now, are we going to inform our listeners what we're attempting to do here? It's never really been, I don't know that it's done, been done in the podcast world. What are we attempting to do? Yeah. Clue, clue us in. Yeah, please. Um... Oh, we're not, we're, not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not ready to disclose that yet. Not ready to disclose? Okay. We're, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, Brandy, you have any shout-outs? You know, all my people, all my listeners know, all of our listeners know that I appreciate them. 
You're just too so, damn lazy. You to forgot just about be- Lady Beverly. No, I wasn't done yet. I oh, thought geez. we Lady. Be- after all the shout outs are done, we got Lady Beverly mm-hmm. and we got Dottie. Okay. So Lady Beverly and Dottie. But what about your own uh, your solo penis, Randy, on your team? Michael. Michael. Yeah. Michael, yeah. you're weak. He knows. He's not weak. No. Yes. Michael's a good man. Leave no, he got scared of the vagina vigilantes. And <laughs> he signed alone. up on your team. Yeah, Michael's a good guy. He is a good guy. All right. So shall we get into the story? Shall we? If you want to. That's what we're sitting here for. Okay. Be all I'm going to take you back to 1903. Oh, my Let's God. In a land far, far away? So before they had he, tiny houses. This I'm is right. a land far, far away called Milwaukee. <laughs> Ooh, a foreign land. Yes. We're a land of cheese. <laughs> Wine and cheese. So in 1903, there was a couple named, uh, the lady's name was Dolly. and Madison. No. No. Oh. And her husband's name was Fred, and their last name was A-Strike. Now, it's not, it's not spelled that way. That's how it's pronounced. It's spelled O-E-S-T-E-R-R-E-I-C-H. That's horrible. But it's pronounced a a strike. It's German. Ostrich. Mm, Close. Like ostrich. So in 1903, this young couple had been married, you know, several years, and they lived and resided in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the Midwest part of the United States. Home of? The range, uh, the Brewers, Milwaukee Brewers. No, the most one of the most famous serial killers ever, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, yeah. but this was a little bit yeah. before his time. Uh, but anyway, the couple resided in Milwaukee. Both were primarily of German descent, uh, like most people in the city at that time, like most people here in Cincinnati would have been in the early 20th century. Um, they were both blonde and tended toward the plumpness side, Colonel. Well, so they were blonde and chunky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, chunky monkey. But I, I like me a chunky woman, Timmy. No, oh my God. I, I, I think the PC term is thick. Hmm? The PC term is thick. I mean, I, I, I like, you know what? I like thin women, mm-hmm. medium women, chunky women. So you just like women? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad they don't like you. Yeah. No. It's unfortunate. Uh, so Mrs. Colonel is a uh, no. She is she's she's fifty percent at best. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on a good night. So, by most accounts, uh, these this couple was only a few years apart uh, in age. Uh, Fred, uh, a strike, was forty years old, and uh, Dolly, their strike, his wife was thirty six. So, what happens? I mean, about thirty six, Colonel. To Dolly? Yeah. Well, she a little thing that would appear to be just maybe a raised bump like a pimple. Well, remember, people didn't live that long back in the you know, oh, yeah. life expectancy. So. so, yeah, what she could expect in four years was a growth of a penis. Yes. So they lived together. Um, in sin. No, they were married. They were married. Uh, Fred was known to be iron-willed and tight-fisted, so he he was a spin-thrift. So he like, was chunky and cheap. <laughs> yeah, I don't like cheap. the word tight-fisted. Right. I bet you don't. Yeah, I, don't I like bet the you word don't. Tight-fisted. It's like some chills up your spine. It does. It makes his makes his butthole clench. <laughs> it does. So for four, uh, fifteen years they were married, and. Uh, the only selling point that uh, really attracted uh, Fred to Dolly was the fact that Fred was wealthy. 
Fred, Fred, that attracted Fred to Dolly? No, Dolly to Fred, I'm sorry. Okay. Dolly liked Fred mostly because he was wealthy. Uh, he owned an apron factory in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, making money hand over fist. Oh, yeah. Because, you know. Well, because back then, that's when the women came cooked. home. You come home, the woman had the apron, the pearls, yeah. the high heel. She'd freshened herself up. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like. Is that what your mother did? Will you mother, leave my, what is wrong with you and my mother? His mother's deceased. She yeah. died of the cancer. Have you no oh decency? Oh, my God, so long ago. Have you no decency? That's all I'm asking. I, you know, I what kind of person continuously mocks a dead mother? Why don't you just go mock a dead? I, you know what I believe? You know Somewhere what? around here, why don't you follow the SPCA truck around, look for a runover puppy. You'll probably get some giggles out of that, too. You are not going to take the moral high ground here. Oh, I am. You, you talked about my mama. Your deceased mother. God bless her soul. Whatever. So anyway, uh, Fred owns this apron factory up there in Milwaukee, and he's married to uh, Dolly. Dolly. And uh, every time that she would, uh, he would come, uh, she would come into the room. What would he say? Hello, Dolly. Got Hello, it. Dolly. Okay, that was bad. Oh no, I was thinking of something. Okay, so uh, he would, uh, he owned the apron factory. He would hound his. He, he hired. He had sixty seamstresses that worked for him. And he would hound them to work faster. Were so, they Vietnamese? Uh, no, probably not. Probably. What's wrong with you, racist devil? Probably, I'm guessing that they were mostly German or Irish, maybe, at the turn of the century. This is, that's a guess. Then it was probably plump. He likes anyway, he pinched pennies, uh, and he drove his employers hard. He worked them hard. <laughs> As a result of... Uh, now, she was kind of the... She, she was kind of the... He was bad cop. She was kind of good cop. So she'd come along after he'd berate his employees and kind of, you know... Smooth things over. Him. Yeah, smooth things over, hug him, whatever. Uh, so, but uh, she... She didn't relish that role, and she lived a rather lonely life. It's sort of like that, um, what's that Eagles song where the... Uh, oh, Lion Eyes? Yeah, Lion Eyes. She was, you know, she was living with the rich old man whose hands was cold as ice. Whatever. Yeah, you know, he was only four years older than she was. I'm sure she wasn't no bargain at 36 either. But anyway... Um, they had some. They had some. Mar- they had some marital problems uh, of a sexual nature, Colonel. There was no Cialis. Well, you know what? They they needed uh, the Colonel's intervention now. Nope. What is your invention? Intervention. My intervention. Oh, your intervention. My intervention. A lot of times, because a lot of times, what people don't get is the sexual problems. Now, it could have been she was a nymphomaniac, because a lot of women. Roughly forty-five percent of women. Wow, forty-five percent are nymphomaniacs. Um, and and here's your problem, Timmy. It's a little high. You got forty-five percent of your women are nymphomaniacs. This is science, scientific. Oh yeah. Fifty fifty-two percent of your women are frigid. Uh-huh. So they're not going to enjoy sex. Period. Fifty-two percent. Forty-five want it all the time. Mm-hmm. You only got three people. Three percent of the women who are normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're always going to have sexual problems in a marriage. So you come to the colonel. I try to assess the situation. Sure. Is she a nymphomaniac? Is she frigid? Is she normal? I see. Um, so you do like a Myers-Briggs type of test. Yeah, and most of the time what I find, it's the woman's fault. Oh, yeah. It's the woman's fault. Okay. It's either that they want it way too much 
Or they just don't have the hot bone, and they're never going to enjoy it. Well, or they want it uh, for a long period of time. They want it for 15, 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, I mean, it just... No, they of, don't. Some Nobody of their wants demands that. won't become ridiculous. Nobody yeah. wants that. Nobody wants 15, 20 minutes. We got shit to do. I need to go to sleep. I need to watch, you know, Letterman or whatever is on. 50, Nobody needs she's that. She's in the 52%. Nobody needs that. Apparently, it's been a long time since she had sex, and Letterman has been off for five years. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Who's on? Jimmy Fallon. All right. So anyway, she uh, Dolly appeared to crave sex quite often, girl. And, and Fred, you know, he didn't show much interest in it. So uh, as you know, sometimes when that when you get in a situation like that, the woman being the harlot, she strayed. And she started seeking uh, sexual satisfaction through affairs, extramarital affairs, girl. Oh, the seedy little hoe. Yeah. They were all short-term because she didn't meet a a man who could meet all of her needs, but she was... Who can? She needs to suck that shit up. One day, uh, Dolly was at the factory. Good Lord. uh, There in uh, the apron factory there in Milwaukee. She was observing some of the laborers, some of the employees, when she saw a young man, a handsome young man, a blue-eyed, short, and slightly built young man, name of Otto San Huber. So Otto was short. Otto spelled backwards is Otto. Get the fuck out of here. Just say. So um, she was she was quite taken with young Otto. Uh, even though she was 20 years his senior. Was, she, was he just the right height? Must have been. Well, it just so happens that back home in her abode, she had, was having some problems with her Singer sewing machine. And she needed it repaired. Who are you going to call? Well, she called her husband, and she asked him if she could send over Otto Stan Huber the young man that she saw at the factory to fix her, fix her machine. Now, young Otto, uh, he, he, he himself, he, he didn't even know exactly how old he was. He thought he was 16 or 17, but he wasn't sure. Oh, Jesus. He thought he was, oh. a, he, he, he thought he was a German-Jewish extraction, but again, he wasn't sure. He, he was an orphan. Uh, but he was adopted by a family named San Huber, so that's why he took that last name. Now, it should have come as no surprise in 1913 uh, when Dolly needed help with her sewing machine. She called for a repairman. That uh, she, you know, it, that fact that she asked for this young man specifically should have raised some eyebrows with her. It should have caused some suspicion. Yeah. It did not, because Fred was a trusting man. Although maybe he was just a good, because I know Renee, um, our washing machine breaks a lot. Mm-hmm. It breaks all the time. And Renee uses the same company and asks for the same guy uh, mm-hmm. every time. Um, Mrs. Colonel insists that it, it be this young man, and he uh, apparently fixes, now he's not apparently not a great machine washing fixer. Maybe he's a plumber. It seems to break every couple weeks um, and, and I finally told her she find, and you know the, the missus understands how important my job is mm-hmm. and yeah. I finally told her I am not taking off work to meet this repairman right and she's you know 
being that she understands the importance of a man's job, mm-hmm. she will stay home each time and meet the man and make sure that the washer begins. But I keep telling her, make sure he fixes the damn washer right this time. He's a plumber. Because she recognizes your role as the breadwinner in a family. Exactly. And the importance of my job. So yeah. she is the one who's staying home. And, what, and the, I think the last time it took him like four hours or something, that was just to adjust a lid or some wow. stuff. I know. He's Lady not he's, he's not very skilled. Yeah, it doesn't he's not like very that. skilled. But I think she feels... Do you, do you have an attic at home by any chance? I think she feels sorry for him. I do have an attic, but I think she feels sorry for him, too. Yeah, well... So anyway, um, Fred sends Otto over to Dolly, uh, over to the house to fix the uh, sewing machine. Um, Dolly answered the door wearing only ro- a robe and slippers. Oh, whore! She showed him to her bedroom where she kept her where she kept her she kept singer. her sewing machine. She kept her singer. And while he worked on the sewing machine, she lounged on the uh, on the bed and adjust, kept, kept adjusting her robe. Well, Dolly brushed her hair. As Otto was tightening, tightening her belts. Uh-huh. Now, see, that's why I don't worry about the missus with the washing machine guy. Mm-hmm. Because when he is coming over, she always has herself very professionally dressed mm-hmm. in a skirt. Got well, her hair done, got her makeup done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she not like Dolly. Yeah. No. Now, while he's uh, working on this, Dolly lifts her leg. Oh. Oh. Uh, Why Otto greased the shuttle shaft. There it is. Dolly's robe fell. Is that a euphemism? (laughs) No. Shuttle shaft? That's part of a sewing machine. Just part of the story. Okay. Dolly's robe fell open. You can't make this shit up. Oh, that's quite the shuttle shaft you got there, young man. So that thus began the affair between young Otto and the wealthy um, uh, married woman Dolly Ace Strike. Okay, so they began to make love, uh, and they made love. According to Otto, they made love uh, eight times a day. Eight Jesus times a day. Christ. She was a nymphomaniac. Well, she was, you know, she was 30. Yeah, but 30. he was a young, yeah. he's a young kid, too. How he's, many times? Yeah, he's 17. Yeah. yeah, that was a good Well, point. he can do it eight good. times in 12 minutes. Sure. Yeah, it was a good fit because he they were both at their sexual peak because she was like 32 and he was like 31. He was 30. No, she was 31 he was like 17. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they begin meeting secretly in, in, in their home. He would come by during the day when Fred was at work. And um, no neighbor started to notice the young man going in and out of the home. Now, she tried to play it off as he was a salesman or whatever, but uh, a nosy neighbor began uh, noticing the frequency of his visits. Hating bitches. Yeah, well, she told Fred. And Fred uh, confronted Dolly about it. Now, Dolly calmly replied that uh, it was a book salesman and that he was trying to get her to buy some books, pestering her to buy some books. Because, uh, you know, back in the day, you'd buy those encyclopedias. encyclopedias. Yeah, and you'd one buy at a time. One at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, hold on. Devil, an encyclopedia is a really? series of books that used to, yeah. Like it go from A to C? Yeah. Indeed. So if you wanted to look up something on Bolivia, you would go to the encyclopedia. Under B. It's kind of like Internet Google now. 
Um, you can look up. What if things. I wanted to look up dismemberment? Or then you'd have to go to the second edition. How do you rip somebody's tongue out while leaving their face intact? See, where do I look that up? That's back when you had to think. That's back when you had to actually. She has a bit of an anger problem. Yeah, you got an issue. I started out chipper. You guys Rudy, didn't like that. This is what we're talking about, Rudy. And I don't want to diagnose this as um, borderline personality disorder, but um, a doctor could. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Easily. Hmm. So uh, Dolly, um, you know, she told her husband it was a book uh, book salesman, and he bought. You know, he bought it. Maybe he just wanted it. To believe it, but whatever. Um, she knew that her and Otto needed a better uh, place for their rendezvous, so um, they started meeting. They first started meeting at uh, Otto's. Uh, uh, zone. Yeah, Otto's. <laughs> Otto's, Otto's zone. They started meeting at Otto's apartment, but it was kind of dingy, and she didn't, you know, she didn't like it. So they started going to hotels. Well, that got expensive, and plus, yeah, plus. Uh, she was afraid that people would see them going in and out of the hotel. So she came up with a plan, and it was actually a pretty pretty smart plan. Was it a master plan? It really was. She uh, suggested that instead of meeting in hotels or at Otto's place, that Otto would just, should just move into the attic at, uh, at her house. It's genius. What could go wrong? <laughs> well, go ahead. Mm, I got an attic. That's what I'm saying. You need to check out Annie from time to time, girl. I think I got raccoons, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, she proposed that Otto move into the attic where he could be there all the time. And now Otto was in love with her, so he never had been with a woman before. So he thought, hey, I'll get some free room and board. It also meant that he would... Uh, get laid on demand. Get laid on demand, be the close to the, wo- the, close to the woman he loved at all times. And uh, he could quit his job as a repairman that he didn't like anyway. So it sounded like a good deal for young Otto. He had long dream of being a writer. Uh, oh, yeah, and this arrangement, well, sure. And this arrangement would give him the time he needed to work on that skill. But wouldn't you hear the typewriter going? I think he, he was probably, probably used a pencil. Yeah, he's probably writing longhand at that point. Well, well, I mean, how you sharpen that shit? He probably had a pocket knife. Don't you? Women don't know nothing. You see, if you were left out naked and afraid, you wouldn't survive for ten minutes. You know what? You would struggle. You would struggle. Let me tell you something. Don't point that thing at me. She's got her phallic pen in her hand. No, let me tell you something. Because I just had this conversation earlier. Yeah. And it was all about. We started talking about tiny houses, and I hate people who live in tiny houses. Dave is. They shouldn't. They should not. Addicted. No. Well, no. Those are glass houses. But Uh Dave is like completely addicted to HGTV. And there's a show on there, it's tiny houses, and these people think they're so much better than everybody else because they bathe in their own piss and live off the land. And, you know, if you don't want to leave a carbon footprint, then just kill yourself now because that way you won't leave a carbon footprint. But shut the fuck up about your little bitty house because it's stupid and it's on a trailer. Anyway. From time to time, I've wallowed in my own filth. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying Occasionally. You seem to have a strong opinion on small oh, houses. Oh, I hate them bitches. I hate <laughs> them motherfuckers that live in a small house. I think they're assholes. But my point is this, that, you know, I don't need to know all these things. God put me on this earth in 2016, so I don't have to travel by covered wagon. I don't have to wear those long skirts with bloomers and a head thing and whatever else. I don't have to do those things. God put me here during this time. 
I know plenty of shit. I don't need to survive during the apocalypse yet. If that ever comes about, then I will adapt. But until that day, I don't need to know how to sharpen a pencil with a knife. I don't need to know that shit because I have a sharpener and I have a computer and I have all of the things that I need. So I don't need to know that shit. Well, I'm just telling you. God put me on this earth at this time. Well, um, the only question I have is, what the hell does this have to do with our story? Yeah, because, did you quit because going down he, a rabbit hole? No, he said, women don't know nothing can survive the zombie apocalypse, blah, blah. I don't have to. You know what I have to do? Kill you, and you have all the shit that I will need. Well, what do you think about that, I, Grasshopper? I, I will rip you your windpipe you. out with my throat, with my jaws. Now, again, further proof, Rudy, that she's off of meds. I'm not off my meds. So... Anywho, Dilly. Well, you need you certainly need them adjusted. <laughs> do you want to do you want to continue with the story? Is there some uh, something else you hate? Yeah. I mean, the the people that I don't you know. You want to continue with the story, or should we take you out to this psych uh, emergency room? <laughs> Be a nice little vacation, wouldn't it? <laughs> we put you in a straight Jesus jacket. Jesus Christ! I know. I've never seen such. Have, such do you have anything to do with tiny houses? No, I, I said this conversation we were having I have a earlier. Four house. I don't know what and the problem let me tell is you, me. And let me tell the, the two of you something. I get off track one fucking time, and you two have something to say about it. Are you fucking kidding me right to, now? I'm you can't me. find a, tra- a train of thought. You can't <laughs> board a train of thought if it was on, if it was at Union Terminal. You couldn't find a train of thought, and you over there. Once you get on a train of thought, <laughs> you fucking about? can't pronounce half the shit you're trying to spit out. I'm like, hey, I'm done. So. Christ. So I'm afraid. Can we go back to what? Can we go back to Otto? This son of a bitch wants to be a writer. Otto. I know he wants to be a writer. That's what I'm saying. Why didn't he have a typewriter? Seems stupid. All right. So the attic. They she did. She did clean up the attic. So Otto was living in a little house. Yeah, he was living in a little fucking attic. He was. She cleaned up the attic. And furnished it with an oil lamp, a comfortable mattress, and a piss pot. Oh, I, a... Uh, what more do you need? Not a piss pot. What's it? What's a chamber it? pot. Chamber pot. Which is like a piss pot. Yeah. Only you can poop in it. Uh, ooh. But then, when do you, where do you dump it? Well, if it's a particularly nasty one, where do you dump it? You, you have can't to just go down any time. No, you have to wait till the. You have to so in the meantime, you've got to sit up there and smell your own nastiness. Now, now this is a window. You can throw out the window. Ew. This is a true story. My my uncle was a Baptist minister. <laughs> and uh, who the fuck cares? Is he dead? <laughs> He's true dead, story. isn't he? Lived in Goshen, Ohio. Uh huh. And we used to spend uh, about a month or so every summer out at his house. Okay. Now, he believed, he was one of those, he, they literally made their own butter, their own yogurt. Did he use a they chamber got pot? The, they, they, churned, got their, they churned yes, the they churned That's what I'm getting. That's gross. They used. A chamber pot? They had milk. The, the milk they got was from the goat. Uh-huh. They had goats. They had the milked mother. the goats. They used them. The only running water they had was cold water coming to the inside. Mm-hmm. You had a chair that had a big... And, and what they actually used was a five-gallon bucket. You're fascinated by this Five-gallon bucket. You're fucking fascinated by it, aren't you? And me and my you cousin, know. every day, our job was to take this chamber, this amount of waste, uh, out to the... How was that your job? Creek and dump it in there. He's qualified. Well, first of all, he acts like he grew up on Little House on the Prairie. And this was like, I'm not lying, it was like Little House on the Prairie. 
and you went out Chuck to... Chuck had to take a horse to get there. But the thing that you don't realize, it, you're carrying it, and you got to be very careful that you don't start creating splashes and waves. You walk. You got to walk very carefully, yeah. because if that stuff gets on your shoes, it never comes off. Yeah. You know, you get that foul mixture of porty po- porta potty mix. And yeah, because you got that, urine right. and uh, I was probably all combined. From right? the time I was eight. Do they have a chamber pot for urine and a chamber pot for uh, excrement? Or they both no, it was one, pot. It was a chair that had. Do you have a men's chamber pot and a women's chamber pot? Nope. Nope. It was it, no. It's, I'm not kidding you. It was a chair that you sat down on and stood up and. Um, he took a, it was like a porta potty that had a pot underneath it, and every night, me and Jeff, my cousin, would have to dump that stuff down in the creek. Yeah. And it was, uh, and and the crazy thing is, did you date Laura Ingalls? I while thought you were there doing was nothing this? peculiar about this. Yeah. I mean, you're young; you don't think anything right. of it. You know, you don't think anything peculiar. But that's a true I bet story. you're more of a Nelly that's, guy. That's I bet true. you dated Nelly. He said that's a true story. That's a true story. True right. story. Continue, Brandy. Please. He dated Laura Ingalls. I know. We're trying to stay on topic. You weren't even close. So he's got a mattress, a lamp, and a chamber pot. What more do you need? A pencil and paper if you're going to be a writer. Well, it doesn't say that she furnished him with that. I have three things here. Well, continue. And clearly, and obviously he had a curtain. Mm-hmm. That was thus drawn, and would be no more. There would be no more comings and goings, yeah. none visible to the neighbors anyway. Ah, sneaky, oh, sneaky. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sucky, sucky. Because that light goes on in it. You know how you got those little light finger puppets? Yeah. It'd be him. Yeah. Otto actually brought his own pencil and paper. I bet Otto was hung. And brought some mm. reading material. Well, they hung a lamp from oh. his deck while he was up there. Came <laughs> he, had, he, had some reading, he got some reading material? He did. He had reading material. Reading digest. He had a chamber pot. He had to have something. He had to have something. <laughs> right. What are you going to do? Uh, I think. And then he brought his own pencil and paper. Mm-hmm. During the day, Otto did household chores, swept the floors, dust, washed dishes, peel of vegetables, and performed various domestic duties. Okay. So this bitch, she's got, she, she's got her husband owned in the she's factory. She's got a fucking live-in. She's fucking the maid. <laughs> this is what she's she doing. A live-in maid. Wait a minute. Live-in All I want to say is, I like her. She's got her <laughs> shit. She knows. She's got her shit together. She's got because that pussy control. She can go... She, you, yes. She can go out and go gallivanting all over the countryside, nay, sleep with other people while this little son bitch is home washing her dishes and her laundry and making her dinner. And then when she comes home, and which I'm sure she comes home before her husband, and then her husband comes home, it's like a Christmas miracle. Look what I did today. Yeah. Everything's all clean and nice. It sounds like Otto's a kept man. He ought to be ashamed bitch. of himself. Otto yeah. is her bitch. He's a sex slave. On nights when the, what do we call them, Asterix? Uh, Ace strikes. Ace strikes. Yeah. When the Ace strikes went out as a couple, or Fred was out by himself, Otto could leave his room for some exercise. No, well, and I good. think, did we ever establish, was this like a stand-up attic, or was this more of a crawl space? Because we, we don't know, but if he, he probably went out to get in his steps. He mm-hmm. might have gone out to get in his yeah. steps. Well, and I mean, surely you start to atrophy a little bit if you're just laying up there all day. So, anywho. Well, he was working his ass off during the day. Yeah. I know. Well, he's not gaining weight. So, Dolly put a padlock on the door to the attic and carried the key herself so Fred would not be able to slip up there. So, she's locked him in the attic. That's <laughs> what I mean. If Fred couldn't slip up there, he couldn't slip out. I mean, it's probably hotter than Satan's outhouse yeah, up there I with his know. nasty shit yeah. lot. Probably didn't have air conditioning. I would bet not. Yeah. They just not, yeah. So her husband asked about the padlock, and she easily replied, I want to keep my furs in a safe place. 
It's probably cold as hell in the wintertime, too, because that was in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, Dolly had duties at the factory. Was duty. Not, duty. Hmm. Uh, duties at the factory. It was not home most days. However, she pretended to be ill often enough that Otto and she could enjoy their relationship. It's feeling a little faint. But there was a distinct disadvantage to this little arrangement. What was it? Well, Otto was now living directly above his lover um, and her husband. Yeah, Otto was in love. So he could see them doing it. Oh. Oh. Um, I know I had a glory hole. Well, he needed to be extra careful when he moved around, lest he ac- accidentally alert Fred to his presence. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Uh, the you think Otto was pulling one off when he would watch him do it? No, he was. Re- he got really upset. Hmm. The position of the attic meant that Otto could hear the sounds of the woman he adored making love with her husband. Oh. While having sex, Dolly urged Fred not to be so noisy. Just trying to calm the fuck down. Simmer down. Yeah. The guy in the attic, my hearing. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. lover in the attic, my well, And when he asked why, she replied, oh, you never know who might hear us, and it would be embarrassing. Yeah, well. Well, so, yeah, whatever. After one night of such marital passion, a jealous Otto confronted Dolly. I don't know how. He's locked in the attic. What's he screaming at her? Oh, uh, yelling? Yeah, well, you know, he probably got out during the day. Poor! <laughs> he was up in the but attic. he was pissed off. Yeah. Poor! This is like flowers in the attic is yeah. what this is here. She reminded him that she could not leave her husband since she had no saleable skills and no funds of her own. And you're not bringing, you're not bringing anything He's in. He's not bringing anything to the table yeah, except his oh, anchor. She, right. she had some saleable skills. Oh, she did, but I don't think that she, she wanted to do that. She had the magic tutor. She had to stay married, yeah. and that meant she had to have sex with Fred. Yeah. What are you going to do? Otto eventually... It's, it's, it's a mathematical problem, really. It's a conundrum. It is. Otto eventually agreed... It's a pussy paradox. It is a pussy You know what paradox. she was, Timmy? Huh? She was torn between two lovers. Feeling like a fool. Yeah, and loving both of them? Really against the rules. Yeah. For okay. sure. Okay. So eventually... There's like one person who'll get that reference. I know. I got it, though. Um, so eventually, this poor son of a bitch agreed, <laughs> agreed not to harass her about her marital well, love baking. You know, some things you have to overlook. When you're married, you have to have one eye and one ear. You know, I think the only thing to do is to say, you know what, I can live with that if you keep it off the. Fred no longer gets a dirty flower. Oh God. Yeah, really. Nobody gets the dirty flower. All right. I think Otto was getting a dirty flower. Well, Otto was getting something because he was hooked. Yeah, he was in love. So after about a year passed, when old Fred, what is it? Ass strike? Ass striker. Ass striker. Ass striker. Striker, striker, striker. Ass strike. Um, he became troubled by odd noises. Hmm. He and his wife were in bed when he thought he heard something <laughs> like a man clearing his throat. <clears> throat> <laughs> so they're banging. What if Otto got a cold and he got That's a what I'm thinking. <laughs> They're banging and yeah. Fred, Fred, Fred is saying, take it, bitch. And, yeah. and here you go. What if he did get a cold? I mean, that attic's cold. Yeah. What if he got the flu? What if he's nauseous? What if he got the shits? <laughs> That's all bad. He's got a chamber pot. Yeah, but he's got to run back and forth to it. So, but Dolly, well, he can't run back and forth. He has to crawl, an army crawl to it. Dolly convinced Fred that he was hearing things. Yeah, fucking wacko. Yeah. 
Uh, he also noticed that his cigars started disappearing. <laughs> I don't use cigars, steal a motherfucker. But Dolly yeah, told him. just crossing the line right there. That's crossing He's the line. He's sitting there with his feet up on the man's, <laughs> on the man's sofa, yeah. with his feet up uh, uh, on the armoire, yeah. smoking his man's cigars. Yeah. He doesn't have time for that shit. He's got dinner to cook and a kitchen to clean. All right, so Dolly convinced him that she would occasionally smoke them. Dolly, oh, so Dolly was smoking the cigars. Okay. Uh, let's see. When, but when he asked her to join him in a smoke one evening, her face turned... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Pale and she started to choke. <laughs> so she kind of fucked I'm going to quit now. this shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> One night when the ace, ace, ass ripper, ass rippers, ace trick, yes, when they were going out, Dolly made it a regular practice to release the trap door to the attic just before leaving. And Otto would listen for the sound of the couple closing their front door. As soon as he heard that, he'd run down the stairs and gorge himself on the hearty German food all three of them loved rye bread, cheeses, liverwurst, bologna. And anything else edible that happened to be in the house. Well, yeah, because otherwise you can't eat after five o'clock. <laughs> wow! Well, it was like he was having a colonoscopy every day. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker's hungry. Uh, Fred was sometimes baffled when he looked at the food that had been left over from the previous day. Yeah, she might. <laughs> thinking Dolly's really packing it away. He sat down at the table with his wife, and when he saw the small size of the roast before him, asked Dolly what happened to the meat. Where's well, the beef? I think that that's, Where's the beef? He should be asking her that question yeah. in general. Um, she managed to convince him that he'd eaten it the night before when he'd been drunk. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. He bought that. So, so Fred's not the smartest man. <laughs> Something. My God. Um, and although Otto lived an isolated life in confinement with no one but Dolly, but Dolly for company, in his imagination, he freely roamed the balmy South Seas where he enjoyed colorful adventures. Well, how the fuck do you know that? <laughs> what the fuck? He's a writer. He's using his imagination. Well, yeah. how do you know that? <laughs> oh, I know. Maybe he's just writing down what he sees wow. through the floorboards. Um, he also got his fantasies down on paper while living in his attic home. He would hand these short stories to his married middle-aged girlfriend who would type them up uh, when she had time and Fred was not around. She married. She mailed them to pulp magazines using a post office box for the correspondence. Like most writers, his first efforts were greeted uh, with, you know, fuck off slips. Yeah, rejection letters. But Otto was tenacious, and eventually a story of his was published in a little magazine. 
he began publishing fairly regularly to his own joy and that of his helpful sweetheart. For three years, they pulled the wool over Fred's eyes. Motherfuckers, sweet Jesus. Uh, it's better. I'm sure. <laughs> For three years, Otto slept above his mistress's ma- marriage bed, slipping out of his hidden attic room by day to help Dolly with her housework, and once the dishes were done, to pump her thread and spin her crank. <laughs> oh, wow. he's pumping her thread. <laughs> was I, I, thought, I thought I'd add a little flair to that. <laughs> I guess. So those were euphemisms. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't think they make any sense. Do you know what? Do you know what they mean? Because he was working on her son. No, I understand. Uh, what he is was pumping, pumping that thread. What is pumping her? What? Not. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Pumping her threadle. Threadle. <laughs> <laughs> and spin you her. Know, you he know. Was, he was pushing that camel through the eye of the needle. I don't. <laughs> what is a threadle? Let's start with that. I think it's a Jewish thing. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do not. Let's start with that over there, dude. Saint Laurent. Let's start with that. Question Robert Frost. Okay. No, I'm questioning Oscar De La Renta sitting over there with his seamstress skills. What is a threadle? Fuck a final. It's a part of the sewing right. machine. Where is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You can look it up. Uh, this uh, motherfucker made his own clothes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So good. You, you know you couldn't just read it and move on. Well, no, because this makes me happy right here. So okay. So one evening, Fred was pottering in his garden. Okay. Or puttering, either one you want. Did you either, did it say work? pottering? It does. Yeah. <laughs> I just read what's written. Yeah, I'll just do that. <laughs> and I did. And happened to look up right at the window of his attic. Wait, wait, this is good. This don't, is a good check. This don't criticize good. his scripts. <laughs> well, this, no, I don't no, this is a good part. Check. This is a good part. So I read that again. So Fred looks up in his garden. He's in his garden. I, I want to state I'm grateful for the script. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the script, Jimmy. <laughs> Wonderful. Fred's in the garden, looks okay. up. He's pottering. 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 <laughs> He's pottering. And he happens to look up. In the attic window. What does he see? Well, first of all, Dolly had told him not to go near the window. He's told Otto. But he disobeyed, which clearly means he's going to be punished. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the two men may have looked directly at each other for just a split second before Otto panicked and pulled back. Sounds like his sex life. <laughs> God damn it, Fred. How do you know he yelled, God damn it? <laughs> I mean, this is quotes here. And the whole fucking conversation. God damn it, he yelled. And he raced up to that. I knew somebody was up in that attic. I just saw something moving in the window. <laughs> so Dolly, and since we're just making it up, Dolly said, simmer down now. Simmer down now. Simmer down. down now. I will go up and look. Yeah. Keep your panties on. She can't follow her own advice. She keep her panties on. Her husband said, no, I'll do it. She said, no, no, I got this. Okay. Settle down. She insisted on being alone. Well, sure. And when she came down, she expressed concern for her husband's mental condition. <laughs> so she's saying he's fucking bonkers. What she said to him, in quotes, Fred, you've been working too hard at that factory. i got to make it a caring voice. That's what it says here. I have... I have in a caring voice. Yeah, I have try, notes. Try your best. Okay, I'm sorry. Fred, you've been working too hard at that factory. You're seeing things. Promise me you'll go to a doctor. 
<laughs> you know, I bet Dolly had to give more blowjobs than anybody in the world. Because you can pretty much do anything to a man. You can get anything by a man if it's followed by... But now let me give you a blowjob. If it's followed by, you know, if Renee or Miss Colonel or whatever, men you out there, you're married, you, and, and most of a, the vagina vigilante notice, when you're really stuck somewhere, you just start rubbing the crotchal area and, you know, let it lead into it. You could, you could say the earth was flat and he'd be agreeing with you. I'm just reading what's on the script. You know how women do? It's like when you're laying in bed and they rub their uh, buttocks up against you. And then they expect you Wait to not give them money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe their butt's cold. Yeah, they still expect you to give them money. <laughs> they do expect you to give them money. Well, so she tells Fred She that tells Fred he needs to go to the doctor. Fred okay. says, I, I will. Because he did not want to give her any more cause to worry. So, he goes to the doctor. And the, doc- and the doctor says... Well, and this is also in quotes because evidently somebody <laughs> was there. Was listening. <laughs> Take things a little easier. I took some notes. I first of all, I don't know how anything could be easier than Dolly. <laughs> but <laughs> but take things a little Relax. easier. Calm down. And he wrote out a prescription for a tranquilizer. Well, I don't know oh. that doctor. <laughs> wrote out so a prescription for Xanax. Yeah. Volume. Just, just take this with a glass of bourbon. It'll be a fat city. You'll never see another stranger. That's right. So in 1918, Fred got the notion of, we're going to move that factory to Los Angeles. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, first of all, it's going to be warmer in fucking Wisconsin. Yes. So Dolly would agree oh, agree to the move only... If they bought a house with an attic. Fred would buy a home with a convenient attic. Oh, yeah, convenient. She, was, she doesn't want to be inconvenienced. She she was claiming that she kept her furs in the attic mm-hmm. and that uh, she wanted him to protect her. Wasn't it. he confused when her furs were down in the closet? <laughs> she was wearing her furs? Yeah, I mean, she told Fred she wanted a secure place for her beloved furs. Prior to the couple moving... Dolly bought Otto a one-way ticket to Los Angeles. So Otto's going with him. Well, he went before them, I think. Well, but he is yeah. going to yeah. be... Okay. Yeah, because it would have been awkward when the movie showed up. <laughs> right. What do you want me to do with the guy in the what, what should I do with this thing? <laughs> Didn't Otto come with the house for the next buyers? Because that's not, what happened. He's not Hugh Hefner. <laughs> I mean, Gary Hednick said... Hey, it was with the house. <laughs> right. Yeah, That's what Dolly should have just said. When they got to Los Angeles, he was in the house. I don't know. No, I thought he was with you. Hugh Hefner, that, uh, part of the sale, he sold the Playboy Mansion, and part of the sale agreement was he got to live in the house. Mm-hmm. To a, Somebody bought it. Yeah. So now Hugh is the weird guy in the attic <laughs> in his robe smoking his pipe while these people with children are probably, you know, playing in the grotto. Hmm. So... So, Otto goes to L.A. Uh, Fred was able to set up his home. Oh, no, not Fred. Otto was able to set up his home in the attic before the couple moved in. Okay, so he got settled. Yeah, he's good. In the new residence, Otto was not directly above their bedroom, so he did not have to overhear them doing it. That making the fornication sounds. Yes. Uh, you, you know, if you was up there, there wouldn't you feel? Uh, wouldn't you feel tempted just to start talking like? Um, <laughs> yeah. Fred. 
<laughs> oh no! You know what else you could do? Because you know there's little. No, I'm talking about, talking about like Barry White. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or do that thing. You know the thing where you Make spit and suck it back up. All right. So uh, Fred, in turn, could not hear Otto clearing his vo- his throat or coughing. Right. What could be better? Which yeah. was good because Otto was smoking the shit out of his cigars. <laughs> right. And he had a lung cancer. Couldn't hear the oxygen tank yeah. up in the air. Yeah. So life was perfect for Dolly and Otto and Fred. As long as Fred never noticed how much it was costing him to feed and clothe one woman. <laughs> she, she, she ate a lot. Well, mm-hmm. their marriage... She was plump. She smoked a lot of cigars. She did. Their marriage continued to deteriorate. Oh, shocking. Yeah. Fred was a drinker. Okay. (laughs) uh, And he was by turns silent and depressed or loud and argumentative. However, the seven-year-old love affair between Dolly and Otto was still going strong. Seven years this motherfucker's living in their attic. Well, for free. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, At approximately age 24, Otto was sexually vigorous, and he and Dolly were deeply in love. Oh. Oh. This is a love story. It's it's just like yeah, she's it's like a Shakespearean. The, she's thing. getting along in the tooth at this point. She should be pushing forty. Okay, he was also enjoying some success as a writer, penning stories that appeared in various pulps and that earned him and Dolly a few extra dollars. So this motherfucker's Hemingway living in her attic, <laughs> and she's getting some of his money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she well, does she type him up. Yeah, she's his agent. Yeah. She does type him up. Yeah. So one late evening in 1918, a confrontation occurred. Oh, what Uh-oh. happened? Well, uh, the what was an auto in the war? I don't. He's in the fucking attic. Because he's in that. Nobody knows he exists. <laughs> so the um, Asterix or whatever the fuck their name are, they were out at a German beer party. Okay. Fred and Dolly got into an argument, and Fred went home in a huff. He took his ball and decided to go home because he, he went was, home early. You yeah. see, you get, when you got a lover living in the attic, you can never let that happen. Well, and he left no. his wife behind at a beer party. Yeah. Which I'm thinking is code for a swingers party or what? Oh, yeah. what was she that? Was what were those called? Key parties. Key parties. Yeah. Yeah, they were the key party. Dolly got a bang in that night. So the aging uh, factory workers strolled into the kitchen only to find a short, slim, very. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is what I love. Picture it because if any of you have ever seen. Um, that movie, oh shit, what's it called? Where the people that live in those caves for all those years, like they're all like slimy and white and translucent, mm-hmm. and and I can't think <coughs> of what they're called. But anyway, so he strolls in his kitchen only to find a short, slim, very pale man sitting at the table eating his leg of lamb. <laughs> <laughs> so he walks in on Otto. And I quote here, "What the hell are you doing in here in my house?" An outraged friend. An outraged friend exclaimed as he grabbed Otto by the shoulders because probably Otto was naked. I mean, let's probably, face it. Probably, yeah. He's got no reason to put clothes no, on. No. So taking take he was Otto was taken aback. <laughs> this Who is the not fuck what, are you? This is not what I call hospitality. Yeah. And so Otto weakly replied, "Quote." I'm hungry, sir. <laughs> well, that's what the fuck. I mean, yeah. Well, that explains things. Yeah. Well, and... One more question. And I say this next quote, and think of how many ways this applies to this story. So you're the one's been eating all my meat, <laughs> the homeowner shouted. And he said, no, that will be your wife, Trebek. <laughs> that's right, your mom. 
Uh, yeah, quote, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> the young man stuttered. Oh, he stuttered. Well, he was, he was in shock. He was busted. He was sling blade. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'd have some taters. <laughs> tried tater. Okay, so, uh, let's see. He didn't suspect that, Fred didn't suspect that he was dealing with the occupant of his own house. So he tossed the guy onto the street. He just thought it was some old vagrant that wandered in from the cave. Now, you motherfucker, I've been living here longer than you have. What do you, you can't toss me out of here. Right. Uh, let's see. I got squatters rights. When Dolly came home, she probably does. When Dolly came home from the party, her husband related the strange story of the man eating in their kitchen. Dolly told him to go to the doctor. She Well... Never mind the fact that it's more tranquilizers. How do you keep how do you keep your face from just going Dolly gave him another blowjob. Right. Let's not think about him. Alright, so so Fred had not been imagined. he was taken aback and he said, I have not been imagining things after all. That rascal somehow has been sneaking into their home to forage through their food. He's like a raccoon. It's like a squirrel. Uh, Otto had to spend the night on the street. <laughs> well, that was well, quite inconvenient for Otto. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Otto had to go find a bench. Yeah. Uh, he had no t- chamber pot that night. <laughs> no, t- well, he didn't have his writing utensils, I'm sure, or clothes, until Dolly could let him back in the house the next day when Fred went to the factory. <laughs> Other than... So, fucking Fred doesn't even suspect Dolly at this point. No, he's just rolling on. He doesn't care. So, uh, other than those unsettling encounters, Otto and Dolly enjoyed a mutually satisfying relationship. <laughs> Otto resumed his life of making love to Dolly and doing the housework during the day. He is so her bitch. He is. Uh, since it was prohibition, the couple also made bathtub gin. There is nothing better than toilet wine and bathtub gin. Yeah, I'm I wonder right if they if they ever make chamber pot gin. I don't think you'd like that. Yeah, I don't think it's a little chunky. Got a kick to it. Yeah, <laughs> got to pick that shit out of your yeah. teeth for weeks. Uh, at night, at nights, he continued to read and to write short stories that she would type and send off to publishers. He's quite the writer. Well, prolific. Let me tell you something. This happy scene unraveled. On and the we night. can have him write our scripts for us. Uh, well, it would. <laughs> I'd be careful. <laughs> it would be something because I'm sure he's dead. Uh, the happy scene unraveled on the night of Tuesday, August twenty seventh, twenty second, nineteen twenty two. What happened? This was four years after they moved to L.A. So he's seven years in the house, three years in Milwaukee, and four years in L.A. So the asshats had been out for the evening. Mm-hmm. And they were quarreling when they returned home. Okay. They were and what? Quarreling. Quarreling, okay. They were fighting. Discord in the marriage. Yeah. Otto heard the noisy fight mm-hmm. while he was up in the attic minding his business. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he heard a loud thud and the sound of Dolly screaming, Otto thought Fred was beating Dolly, when actually she just slipped on a throw rug. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Ow. He grabbed two 25 caliber guns and rushed downstairs. Why has he got two guns up there? Yeah. <laughs> Raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is important to note at this point that Fred was never able to tell his version of the next events. Right. All we have are the words of Dolly and Otto, which I'm sure they're in quotes, mm-hmm. and, and physical evidence. So what had happened was... 
Fred recognized Otto as the culprit he had found in his home before grazing on his leg of lamb. Not his wife's leg. (laughs) His leg of lamb. Flying into a rage, Fred tackled Otto. This motherfucker's back in my house. (laughs) I'll tell you what, you take a raccoon, you take him five miles away and release him, that son of a bitch will be right back in your yard the next day. Well, and I can't imagine that Otto's muscle tone is that great. (laughs) Well, he didn't have nothing to do but push-ups and sit-ups, so maybe he's He's like prison. He might have been one of those wiry. He probably had little tattoos. Put his own well, tattoos you know all over him. His, his own tattoos. Yeah. Jail all right. Tattoo. So, uh, Fred went to choke Otto. <laughs> Probably thought he's he's a lamb. Well, <laughs> and since this was a stout young man, that is the thing. We fat people care about our food. <laughs> we, we don't. We don't like it when people <laughs> yeah. come in and eat our. You can bang our wives, but don't eat my lamb. Even, God damn it! And I'm telling you, have you seen the price of a brisket? Son of a bitch. <laughs> so. One or both guns went off, don't know which, which, and a panicked Otto pulled the trigger again. He just emptied the clip, shooting Fred a total of three times. So it was a small clip. Mm-hmm. It was probably a revolver. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Uh, and then that was it. Fred lay on the floor, living room floor. He was dead. Dolly. It took a tragic turn. It did take a tragic turn. And Dolly mm-hmm. went into a panic. As people are prone to do it when people get shot in their living room. Yeah. Well, especially especially when it's unexpected. It's your spouse. Otto believed they could make it appear that burglars had intruded into the home and murdered the husband. Uh, See, he's got a writer's mind. Mm -hmm. He's sharp. Sharp little guy. He's on it. So for Mm -hmm. once, Otto sacked up, laid down the law, and frightened Dolly complied. You think he grabbed her by the shirt and slapped her once or twice and said, get your stuff together, Get your shit together. Otto divested Fred's corpse of the diamond-studded chain watch. Yeah. I was going to just say he stole the the watch off of Fred, but then it didn't sound as good. Yeah. And then locked... You're turning into a real Thoreau over here. Right. Thank you. And then locked Dolly in a closet. See, I'll be like a bitch. (laughs) There you go, bitch. Uh, tossed the key on the floor and scurried back upstairs to the attic. The neighbor, a neighbor, had heard the shots and phoned the police, who arrived shortly. Fred, oh Fred, they heard. Do- that's quotes. Fred, oh Fred, they heard Dolly tearfully crying from behind the closet door of the couple's bedroom. And Otto was in a, in, a, in the attic saying, "Marco, yeah, right, Polo, <laughs> look in the living room, look in the living room." Um. <laughs> Let's see. The key to the closet was on the carpet a few feet from the door. Well, the first one to arrive on the scene was Chief of Detectives Herman Klein. He took an immediate dislike to Dolly. She was too immaculately dressed and carefully made up for a woman of 55. Oh, she was a painted lady. In his rather old-fashioned opinion. She needed to be what? In a house coat and slippers, cigarette hanging out, rollers in her hand? Well, 55, she needed something to cover up that penis. She probably had a big bulge in her dress, but... It's, and there were other things that made the police suspicious. Like what? Wait a minute, I don't like the first part. What first part? Because she's got her shit together, they're immediately suspicious. <laughs> A woman, right. a woman of 55 should be dressed like a woman of 55. Back in these days, 55 was old. You was 
He was an old woman. I mean, nobody talked about Tammy Faye Baker, and that bitch was always made up. I think people made talked about her a lot. First of all, I love her so much. She's <clears throat> dead. I know she is. She's got the cancer. It was a bummer. Colon cancer. It's a bummer. But isn't Jim, is Jim still floating around? She had a bloody stool. I think she so. did have a bloody stool. Where's Jim? I think he's still alive. Jim should have gone. Is he out of prison? Yes. Yes. He Jim should have gone first. Because he had his. Uh, he had another show. Yeah, he's. Worm. Oh, he did have another show, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He's wormtastic. <clears throat> oh, by the way, Bob Ross on Netflix. Speaking of dead Bob Ross, that I love. Netflix. Well, what other evidence did they have on uh, nothing? Know, when questioned by the cops. Dolly insisted that the couple had never fought. No. Now, the police, most of them married, knew this was bullshit. <laughs> Ain't nobody married no fight. But they couldn't prove it. Is that a quote? Yeah. yeah. So, the chief and officers carefully inventoried the residence, and the only one item the could be identified as missing, the husband's di- diamond-studded watch. However, the dead man's wallet was still in his pocket and stuffed with cash. Man. Yeah, the thing I don't like about Jim Baker is he has two K's in his last name. Well, that's stupid. Baker. So Klein, got, he gets nowhere with it's Dolly. Pretentious. It really is. And his attempts to catch her in a lie or contradiction all failed. And later he would say, he'd describe her as, I do my cop voice now. Oh, okay. She's the toughest dame I ever saw. Now, did they search the attic? Jim Baker is they, they, still, still alive, and he is 76 years old, living in Muskegon, Michigan. Okay. Up there by Celine. Did he get remarried? He did, yes. Uh, he Now, his first wife, of course, was Tammy Faye LaValle, was her maiden name. And his current spouse is uh, Laura Graham. Uh, I night. bet they're Billy Graham. I bet she's related to Billy uh, Graham. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, were mar- they got married in 1998. Okay, Colonel, please proceed. Okay, thank you, Timmy. Um, so Klein gets nowhere with Dolly. Says he's she's the toughest dame I ever saw. When a crime lab came back to report that Fred Ashripper was done in by a 25, Klein was convinced there was something askew with her story. Hmm. Again, my cop voice. Why is that? No burglar uses a 25 caliber gun. Why? That's a woman's gun. So he was very a lightened little man, wasn't he? Right. What an asshat. But he but was right. Attempts to prove Dolly's guilt were as fruitless as her loins. <laughs> or her looms. <laughs> her looms. I don't think I put that in there. <laughs> I, I had lived that one. Well, she banging Fred, Otto and Fred. Neither of them have vasectomies and ain't getting pregnant. So there was one seemingly unsurmountable problem with her having murdered her husband. How could she have locked herself from the closet from the outside? Well, it's a fair point. Herman Klein kept just much like Otto. Herman Klein kept plugging away at Dolly <laughs> and the baffling kids. And get on with her life, she did. Once again, she moved. She told others that she wanted to get away from the awful memory of Fred's killing. <clears throat> she moved to a smaller home, one of those micro homes. Oh, fucking little house. In North Beachwood Drive. But this time she didn't need an attic. Yeah, the year did. 1923 began with Otto moving into yet another attic. <laughs> She's still bound and determined. He no longer now, had- now he's hiding from the... Is he hiding from the law? Yeah. He no longer had to hide, but he had more reason than ever to want to hide from the world. Dolly tried to settle her late husband's estate. She hired attorney Herman Shapiro. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, he, he was in, he's uh, in with that Kardashian plan. Yeah. yeah. 
Dolly was a sensuous woman, and the two began flirting, then progressed to dating. Dolly really can't keep it in her pants. During a meeting, Dolly pulled an obviously expensive diamond-studded men's watch out of a purse. She handed it to Shapiro and said, Here, I want you to have this. It belonged to dear Fred. This is the one the police think I stole him. Later, she said about getting rid of the guns that had been used in her husband's killing. She had just started a relationship with an actor, and she handed him a twenty-five caliber revolver. Wait a minute. And the whole time, wait What? Yeah. She's making that story up? No, no. No, no she started a relationship oh, with another with actor. With Otto still living in her attic? <laughs> yeah. With Otto in the attic, banging the... Bangin Is Otto in. not bright? Like... Huh? What are you, you going to do? Well, I mean, I can see him staying there while the husband's alive, but now the husband's dead. Yeah, he's still in the attic. And he's still in the attic, and she's still going out being a whore. you got to remember, this is the Hummer Queen. I'm wondering if it I means like she a BDSM something. type of thing. I don't know. Ooh, it could do. be. Mm-hmm. Now, this actor knew at least part of the story of Fred's violent demise, but she assured him that she had nothing to do with her husband's death, but fearing that the gun would incriminate her, even though she was innocent. Her friend indicated that he did understand and was happy to take it off her hands. Mm-hmm. He went to the La Brea tar pits and tossed it. Now, Herman Klein is still on this, and he learned that Shapiro was walking around with a diamond-studded watch. Suspicions aroused, Klein had to talk with the attorney, who obligingly reported the story of the grateful Dolly Ass Ripper and her generous gift. He also handed the watch to Klein, who took it to Dolly. Suddenly, Dolly developed amnesia. I'd never <laughs> seen it before, she insisted. She's now, clever. The conscientious detective what traveled watch? to Milwaukee, where he visited. Don't look at me? Yeah. Yeah, he visited all the good jewelry stores until he found the one that had sold the watch to Fred Ripper. Yeah, so Klein is on it, man. He returned to arrest the widow Ripper for first-degree murder. Dolly was shocked. And this man... She suffered her first days in jail. Her active friend read about the arrest in the newspaper. Frightened, he went to Klein and told him the story to 25. Klein was elated. All the pieces were finally falling into place. What did you do with the gun, boy? I tossed it in the tar pits. Jesus Christ, he said bitterly. Now there's as much a chance Don't of finding it, tar pit. it as a snowball in hell. Yeah, once it goes in the tar pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please and, don't throw me in the briar patch. And you know how it's hard, how hard it is to find a snowball in hell, devil. Depends on where you go. Yeah. So after several days in lockup, Dolly pleaded her lawyer, Herman Shapiro, to do her a tiny favor. What was her favor, she was asking? She claimed her half-brother named Otto, who lived in an attic, who must be running short of food by now. What did she say it was? Her brother. Half-brother. Oh, half-brother. Already under Dolly's beguiling influence, Herman agreed to deliver food to the man. That's nice of him. When he tapped on the hidden attic door, a pale speckled face appeared. Jesus. And immediately raped him. And immediately No, what? he didn't rape him. Okay, he didn't rape him, but you know he's horny by then. He's used to banging Dolly every Good day. Fan, you don't walk up into a I mean the guy's feral. Well, at this point, he is feral, but, yeah. you know, you got to remember, he doesn't have any carpet up there. He doesn't have anything. He could spray shit all over the walls, floors, ceiling, whatever. Oh, that's whatever. true. It doesn't matter. So anyway, he tapped on the attic door, a pale speckled face. So Tom Sawyer basically opens the door, and he woofed down the offered food, (laughs) and he talked. 
He talked as if he had no one to speak to for years. He was, in fact, explained Otto, a sewing machine repairman who had become Dolly's sex slave. Mm. Otto said nothing about Fred's murder, but Herman was no fool. Without knowledge of Otto, the police case against Dolly fell apart and she was released. Herman Shapiro and Dolly were attracted to each other. But Herman insisted that before anything happened between them, Otto had to go. Yeah. You gotta get rid of the gimp. Gotta get rid of of your half-brother in the attic. So in 1923, Otto moved out of the attic and into Canada. There he married, but eventually, in search of work, he moved himself and his new wife back to Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, he got a job as a porter in a hotel. All and all might have lived in the same town together and apart happily ever after if only Herman Shapiro could keep his big fat mouth shut. What happened? Um, what's he in running? 1930, eight years after Fred's death, Herman finally realized a seductress from Milwaukee was never going to marry him. Oh, that whore. The light dawned after he caught Dolly in a lie. Behind his back, Dolly had started seeing her business manager. Was he living in her attic? <laughs> no, not or yet. the basement? It was Mr. Ray Hendrick, a lawyer scorned. It wasn't a woman scorned. Mm-hmm. A Shapiro scorned was mad. So, behind, so anyway, <clears throat> Herman goes directly to the police, to the 5-0, and spilled the beans. He confessed the details of his encounter with the man in the attic. Police checked the long-since-abandoned Dolly's home in Wisconsin and Los Angeles and discovered Otto's hidden abodes. Semen all in, all yeah, in the attic. Yeah, they shined a black and light. And chamber pot. Yeah. yeah. And the veil was stripped from their eyes as well. The veil fell from their eyes. Just like... If you send the Colonel fourteen ninety five a month, oh the veil will be lifted from your eyes and you'll see the sin. light. You'll the see the truth. Sin. So anyway, Dolly's life quickly unraveled. Can I be your Tammy Faye, though? At your you tr- can be. A uh, little more makeup. Little oh, more a lot makeup. more makeup, yeah. Otto was arrested and he talked. The prosecutors were in stitches. They was laughing. They fitted Dolly for a pair of handcuffs. You can very creative. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. Um, Otto was convicted of manslaughter. It's more like poetry. But since the statute of limitations for manslaughter was eight years, which had just run out, Otto was immediately released after his conviction. He then faded faded from history. Dolly's trial ended in a well-hung jury. Well, of course it did. The majority favoring her acquittal. The majority. She was never recharged. Dolly did not remarry until 1961 at the age of 75. Her new husband was a long-term business manager, Bert Hendrick. She supported herself by doing novelty acts at strip clubs. She did not. <laughs> yeah, she was the first one, strangely, to do the golf ball trick. Did he? She used That's to not shoot golf balls into shot glasses from across the Okay, I'm making that up, too. But Dolly... Died just two weeks after the ceremony. So she got married a second time, but she died two weeks after. Well, she was 75, yeah. yeah. Not much is known what happened to Sad- uh, Otto there. He moved to Canada and eventually married a woman named Matilda. So, and That's he, not a very sexy name. Well, neither is She Otto. could be hot. But Fair point. once again, he plugged along. Okay. He was plugging Matilda, and he plugged along as a porter or janitor dashing off the occasional short story and seeing it published. 
While with his gift for total devotion to a woman, it is not unreasonable to suspect that this marriage to Matilda was a happy one. It was certainly superior to his relationship with Ali Asraker and that he had no third party being wronged. The home in which Fred Ostrich died is still stands. No longer a single-family residence, it's an apartment building with nine small units. Dolly would not be pleased with the small units. And as we know about the devil, she's not pleased with small units. Do we know that about me? Well, you've gone. I wrote that. It's an irony in it, and you read it. You screwed it up. Read it again slowly. No longer a single-family residence. It's now an apartment building with nine small units. With attics? One of them is in the attic. Nice. So tell us how you feel about small units, devil. Because you went on for 20 minutes about it. You wanted the people to die, shoot themselves. First of all, let me say, the history dweebs, her views are her own. We do not condone uh, suicide. So if you're living in a micro house, please don't take the devil's advice and shoot yourself. Okay? No, we love people in micro house. What if they have a micro penis? Mm-hmm. Well, that's up to them. That's up to them. That's all I can say. I mean, well, you know, they really they don't bother anyone. No, they ain't bothering nobody. Yeah. I mean, these people living in these tiny little houses trying to make the world a better place. What she do? Hate them. Mm-hmm. She hates them. Hate you know why? Because anybody them. trying to make the world a better place, she hate them, Timmy. I do. No, I don't hate all those people, but I do hate those people because they're just so smug. Like they're just better than everybody. I hate them. So, Brandy, what do you think about the man in the attic, Otto Sandhuber? I feel so sad for Otto. <laughs> Poor Otto. <laughs> Wait, how about Fred? Well, no, I don't feel bad for Fred, because clearly Fred is stupid. <laughs> Fred pretty much had it coming. But I feel bad for Otto. Although Otto, it could arguably be said that Otto had successful relationships. He did? He did. He's, He's very loyal. This is disturbing to me so because... So an Irish setter. <laughs> I was... I bought the other night, and it's only me, Logan, and Renee at the house. I bought the other night a pack of Eskimo pies. Try a leg of lamb. Eskimo pies, and and not the cheap Eskimo pies, but the good Klondike, Klondike. bars. What would you do for a Klondike mm-hmm. bar? Six of them. Six of them. They're gone, aren't they? In two days, four of them disappeared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Logan don't like Klondike bars. Have you checked your attic? I have not checked my attic. Or you should check and see if maybe a daughter has moved in there somewhere. Uh, Unbeknownst to to me, yeah, I probably got family. Colonel, what is your thoughts on uh, Dolly and her lover Otto Stanhubert, the man in the attic? I think they could have got away with it if it weren't for those meddling kids and that stupid little dog. Yeah, I don't screw you over every time. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, Brandy, where can people find us? They can find us on Facebook. Yeah, we have two pages. We have History Reads, the podcast page. That's an interesting group, a fun group, so join us. And then we have History Dweebs, the Facebook page, and that's just a bunch of history stuff that we post there, interesting stuff. Where else? Uh, they can find us on Twitter. At History Dweebs 1. They can find us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Libsyn. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're all over the place. And on the uh, National Geographic channel. channel Wild Kingdom. Cincinnati, uh, it's channel 46. We're 2 o'clock in the morning on Tuesdays. You will not, they cannot find us in tiny houses. What do they show? Huh? Love grows. Love grows big in tiny houses <laughs> yeah. or some shit, which is a lie. That's fucked up. Um, you know, here's the thing about tiny houses. You can't have a dog because 
I don't know about you. These people have dogs. They have like mastiff dogs. But like, once a dog farts, oh, it's you got to leave the room. It's over. You got to leave. Not there's that no room, room but any any accompanying room. Yeah, there's I, no room. You to know, leave. I, I I saw this documentary or news article one time where these these people always want to live in Manhattan, and of course it's very expensive in Manhattan. But they were able to buy this micro uh, apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it was like then. It was, this was probably ten years ago for like hundred fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. And they could sit, uh, they had, and they had two cats, and they could sit on the toilet and cook at the same time. They could just reach out, and the bathroom was right mm-hmm. next to the stove. They could sit on the toilet, and then that does cook. not seem hygienic to me. Well, right. appetizing. It seems like some E. coli. I don't say they did. I just say they could. It was that tiny, but they were living in downtown. You know, they live in Midtown. Yeah, know. that's sad. Okay, uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this show up? I'm good. You never know what's in your attic. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get ready to... And, well, and we appreciate all the donations. We do have a Patreon account that is set up. Uh, if you would like to make any donations to help us update our equipment uh, and for other expenses that we are incurring. We might buy a leg of lamb. We might mm-hmm. buy a leg of lamb. We yes. might. All right. We'll see you all next time on History Tweet. Good day. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.